everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. We're your host, Brian, Nathan. I'm JC. This is episode number 166, and we're excited about today. It's going to be a two-parter. So 166 and 167, you're going to get back-to-back weeks. More bang for your buck. Come on. There it is. <laughs> I didn't know. Don't we to... do this? Don't we do this podcast every week anyway? Ish. <laughs> we try. <laughs> so they get back to back weeks always. But I'm glad that you highlighted it this time. But I well, can. it's 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 important because I'm I'm actually flying out of the country on Monday, so we've got to have a couple weeks uh, stored up here. So it's going to be good. Unless you guys want to get together and record a really good episode without me i well, just don't want COVID back like you did last time no and nathan we've got to correct this you keep saying you're flying out of the country you're flying all over the whole world to the other side <laughs> of the world yes the other side of the planet and man i'm so excited about it it's going to be amazing but i do need everybody's prayers because it's it's going to be a wild crazy trip and hopefully not as wild and crazy as last time but just uh, that video I sent out today, man, it was just awesome seeing seeing some of the stuff that happened last time. Just can't wait to see what God has in store for this this trip. We're looking forward to hearing the updates, hopefully not live from a hotel room in Asheville for, for real quarantine, <laughs> uh, but we'll be sure next week or the following week or whenever to hear an update of your trip to Nepal. And then I'll be able to give you updates from my trip to England because I'm actually going over to England uh, with a guy who loves the podcast and looking forward to being over there. I'm going to be preaching uh, for nine different churches uh, while I'm over there. Wow. And this place has the coolest name ever. I don't know what it means, but the name of the town is Stokes-on-Trent. I I think that's the name of it. Don't break for a spot of tea. (laughs) <laughs> well, so so the other day uh, I went into Sydney's room. I started doing my best British accent. And I said, Sydney, when I get over to England, do you think people are going to think I'm from there? And with a stone cold face, she said, heck no, there's no <laughs> chance of that. <laughs> well, I'll Leave give it you- to our girls to make us feel good. Always. I'll I'll give you an update from Nashville because we're going there this well we'll be back for two weeks when this comes out but we're, it's our fifteenth wedding anniversary and so we're heading up to Nashville to hang out for a couple of days and hey, Friday happy anniversary happy Paul, anniversary and I'm preaching in Mount Juliet at the football field for Croctober yes come Ooh. on dude October hey listen as a Florida State Seminoles fan anytime I can eat gator and it's cooked and it's nasty I'll go that's awesome and so everybody's (laughs) right there on the football field biggest football game and so uh it's not Nepal or England but it's Mount Juliet and Croctober (laughs) it's gonna be fun yeah sounds like it I hear there's a tent meeting over in that neck of the woods somewhere there is hopefully I get out of there before I have to see are you swinging by (laughs) not at all I just hope I just hope all the demons that have showed up there, you know, because everybody there, if you have, if you have um, a health issue, it's a demon. If you have a religious past, it's a demon. If you vote as a Democrat, you're Mm -hmm. a demon. I just hope they haven't sent all those demons over to that football stadium 
because, man, you're going to be in for the fight of your life. Let's hope they send them somewhere else. There's no witchcraft. Mm. Mm. Y'all ready to get the show started? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's go. Three. You know what makes women stupid is college. Jesus was not a bartender. Hi, man. Two. You have lost your mind. Long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Put on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hi, man. Hey, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor here of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, Free Life Soap. Thank you for being a sponsor of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Go to recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on the Free Life Soap tab, use your promo code RFP, and get 20% off of your order today. Speaking of shout outs, we want to give just some love to the RFP network. Um, Yes. Guys and gals are doing an incredible job. Mm -hmm. and about them enough but man we love the rfp network yeah we had an opportunity to get on a zoom call last night with the network and talk to them got some updates there's so many things going on and they're planning on being uh many of them are planning on being at the meetup uh in november third and fourth so looking forward to hang out with them but but yeah let's talk about uh all the all the podcasts we've got quite a few on there. So first of all, the ladies that are doing an incredible job, Growing Grace, they've they've had some interviews recently. Uh, JC, tell us about those. Yeah. So just in the last few weeks, they've had Jen Wilkin on, who of course we've had on here on the yeah. RP. Uh, Jen Wilkin is an incredible, incredible lady, wisdom, and uh, that was a great episode there. And then Elizabeth Woodson, I have mm. no idea who that is, but. I'm sure it was a great episode. Yeah, the girl is is amazing. She's written quite a few books. She was on the stage at the Gospel Coalition conference just wow. last week. So uh, some some pretty big names there and uh, some amazing content. And I got to talk with Shannon and Kristen last night, and they just shared their heart. Uh, they said they have people in their church coming up to them and telling them they're listening. And she was like, I love that when people tell us they're listening. She said, but the, the reason we do this in our heart is for the people in the RFP fam. She said, we love wow. people that grew up in the IFB movement, have the same background as us. So if you're not, ladies, if you're not listening, and even men, but especially ladies, if you're not listening to the Grow and Grace uh, podcast, you need to go give that a listen. Their yes, heart is incredible. just amazing. I love how that podcast started. Like watching them, Kristen and uh, Shanna, Shanna, they came to, <laughs> sorry, I don't even know my kid's name, so bless it. Um, they came to our meetup in Bourbon, and just hung out, fell in love with the RFP fam. And then it was like, hey, we think we're going to do a podcast. And just through some encouragement and and them two getting together and talking. And man, look at what they're doing now. It's absolutely incredible. And Kristen wasn't engaged or dating or married when she started this. And now she's yep. a married woman. And man, what a lot of change. Wow. Just got married. Yep. That's pretty awesome right there. And both of them are so biblically insightful and articulate and just enjoyable to listen to. 
Yeah. That I love about the RFP network. It's not just people that have different genres and they're just talking. They are grounded in the word. They love Jesus. They stand on the truth of the gospel. Uh, Men of Valor podcast. We've talked about them a oh, lot. Yeah. Those guys are awesome. The Men of Valor conference that we just went to. Um, those guys are incredible. Beer and Bible. I love those two. They are some incredibly deep, theologically writ minds. I mean, they will talk to you like you have not had a conversation in a long time about the Bible. I love yeah. Beer and Bible podcast. Yeah, I, I do as well. And what about, didn't the Young Baptist guys recently record another episode? Yeah. Clay and Josh united for a spectacular young Baptist reunion. Wow. <laughs> Is it like, what are they doing now kind of episode? And then, yeah. did you know, and we've not talked about this yet, but the Four Freedom podcast, of course, that's been James and John for a long time. Yep. Uh, John now pastoring and has a lot going on, and so he stepped aside. But the man, the myth, the legend – Pastor Brett Martin, who has run the social media for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast for so long, is now on the Four Freedom podcast with James. That's cool. What a sons of thunder right there they are. <laughs> Come on, man. That is so awesome. He's He's been part of the RFP fam for a long time, and it's just cool to see him on a podcast. This needed to happen. Yeah, I love when Brett gets on TikTok. That guy's mind is incredible like he is such a creative human being and our tiktok went from a couple thousand views to well over two million views just overnight it's like he just creates content and then of course the other rfp network is starving for truth and that's austin and um chance and tyler tyler hey guys i want to give a shout out um this week i was well let me back up a couple weeks ago i was up preaching and um, my wife got me a Bible from Paul's Leather Co. Have y'all ever had a Bible from Paul's Leather Co.? No, no but not. I'm jealous. Not a sponsor, but shout out. They rebind Bibles. And, man, it, it came in some very premium leather. It was great. Been preaching with it for about three years now. And a couple Sundays ago, I opened it up, and it literally fell apart. Um, like, pages flying out. I was like, well, I don't know what that is. Second book of a Corinthians, gone. Um, <laughs> was, but in the mail, I got a Bible from a good friend of mine, a guy that I have preached uh, with up at Word of Life in Scroon Lake, New York. He's a pastor up in Vermont. His name is Chris Gottner. And uh, he has started a new company, Rebinding Bibles. It's called uh, Revival Leather Co., not a sponsor, just a shout out and endorsement, if you will. Um, but he sent me this Bible. That shout, also, this is the first time I've ever owned a black Bible. Can you believe that? I've wow, always nice other Bibles, except for those first few years. You've, you've never had an old black back book. Black Bible. I've always, I had four years, I had a red, bright red Bible. And then everything after that has been a brown Bible. I don't know why. I just thought about that. This is the first JC, black I've got a question. What's wrong with the black back book my daddy used to read from? Oh, no, yes, sir. <laughs> but I, love, I love the old Bible, the precious old Bible. The old King James the Bible. The light of my pathway to shine. Come on. That was cute. You remember that song? I've never heard <laughs> that it. That's cute. <laughs> um, but Chris sent me this Bible. 
Um, I love this thing. It's it's a I use New Living Translation, and uh, it is a goat skin or excuse me, calf skin soft. Got the ribbons for the Old Testament, New Testament. Here's my favorite part. It's lamb skin. Can you see that? It's camo. It's it's the coolest Whoa, thing. Whoa, that is cool. That it, hold it. It disappeared when you opened the cover. Oh, it's going. I see what you did there, but I want to encourage you to go. And he's just doing this as a, a way to make a side hustle to make some money. Go buy some Bible. Go, go get. You can send him your old Bible, and he will rebind it for you. It's Revival Leather Co. You can find him on Instagram. And uh, I just want to give Chris a shout out because that Bible is awesome. And uh, I've been JC. Down. I love it. What I need an inside track. Will you send him a text message or something and tell him I'm about to send him one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've, I've got one. I need him to repair for my to, wife. I've had this ESV since yep. I was like 16 years old. And I mean, this thing yep. is trashed. And so I'm getting ready to send him this one and he's going to rebind it for me. But yeah, my, my wife has a really special one and uh, I've asked two or three people to do it and yeah. it was just, yeah, hasn't gotten done yet. So. I love it. My wife got me a, uh, is it Skyler? Skyler. Skyler Bible. Is that what it's called? Skyler? Something like that. Yeah. Premium Bible. Got the Jerusalem cross on it. Uh, she got me one of those a couple of years ago and I love it. It's almost too pretty to use. I'm scared to use it. And, uh, but this one, man, it's awesome. Just a great quality. And so revival leather co go give them a, uh, a follow. Hey, can I, can I sound old school for just a second? So for several years now, you know, I copy and paste all of my scripture mm -hmm. in my notes on my iPad. Do you know, recently I've been missing and actually wanting to hold a Bible in my hand yep. while I preach. Like I know the scripture is the same in my notes. I know it's the same on my iPad, but I don't know if it's, I, I mean, I can't call it a conviction because it's not something I would die for, but at the same time, like I've been feeling almost like this heaviness to just hold a Bible yeah. in my hand again. So a couple of years ago, I was preaching. It's actually a college pastor down in South Georgia. And all I would take up was my iPad. And I did the exact same thing. All my scriptures were there. It was up on the screen. And I would say, hey, take your Bible and open up. And then I got called out. They're like, you tell us to take our Bibles and open it up, but you don't even have a Bible up there. And I was like, dang, my bad. And so I have actually... <laughs> I've started taking my Bible and I open it up and, you know, I have it there. Um, and I, I pick it up and on purposely will read out of the Bible because I, I want to teach our people to have a Bible of a yes. copy of yep. in the living. I don't think it's old school. There's something about holding it, about reading it, about circling and highlighting. And, you know, I mean, going through the word as your own. Um, yes, it's 2023. We have technology, but there is something, Brian, I, I agree about having Good old leather back Bible, amen. Hey, I, I preached an overview of the book of Amos this week, and I I basically sat down with my Bible, opened it up with a pen, and just went through and looked at the patterns, looked at the different things I saw, the words that stood out, and was writing notes in the margins. And I sat in a coffee shop and went through the entire book in one setting and yeah. or in, in one sitting and just it was it was amazing. I always take a, a Bible to the pulpit, even though all my texts are in my notes. I print them out, but I always have it there because so many times I just love grabbing it and holding it up. And sometimes I open and read from it. But yeah, I'm with you, Brian. That's if I'm old school, then I'm old school. That's that's what I well, am. Well, 
What we've discovered tonight is there is an area in which J.C. Groves is more old school traditional than me. Mm. Yep. And here's a cool thing. So uh, we had a guy here. His name's Jeff Keith. Shout out to Jeff Keith. Um, he uh, he said, hey, you know, I, I think a lot of people here at the church, they want to have a Bible like you have and read from the same version. I use the New Living Translation. And so he went out here at our church plant. You know, if you're a church planter, money is little to none. And so for him to do this, he went out and bought 250 New Living Translation Bibles and put wow. them in and so all of the pews here at the church have a new living translation and every week people are walking out with a new living translation some of them have been in church for a very long time and that's the first copy of the bible that they've ever had we got a guy that's in our small group he's been a christian for over 20 years and he is still he he's in his mid 40s he is still using an fca bible that he was like, that's just the, that, that's how long it's been since I've bought a Bible. And so I went and bought him a Bible and then I made fun of him from the pulpit for having a teenager Bible. Um, <laughs> I did. Um, but one of the things I remember when I was a kid, and I don't know if I've told you all this story. I know I've shared it on the RFP fam um, about having my Bible is that there, there comes a time where it was almost a, a, a place of pride, like how many verses you could highlight and, you know, your pages are worn. Who was the guy that preached the sermon years ago? He made the the sermon, the, the napkin still folded famous. Do you remember who that was? Oh, I've heard him at Southwide a couple of times, but he preached that passage, you know, out of context, the napkin still folded. Um, but he, he, he had a poem that he would always read. He's like, though the covers worn and pages are torn, the places bear traces of tears. It's a friend by my side and it's word I hide as I read it and I heed it every day. And I was like, that last part didn't rhyme, bro. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> but, but you remembered it. But I remember <laughs> literally like nine times when I was in college, because he would come to Tennessee Temple and preach. I wish I could remember his name. Anyhow, um, I have well, no if idea. he said the same thing over and over again, his name might be John Hamblin. Yeah. Oh, shout out from heaven. There it is. Uh, that, we need a Hamblin alarm or something. So every time we say it, somebody's like, hey, man. Anyhow, um, I was at Camp Assurance years ago, mid to early 90s. And uh, there was a guy that got up. He was a, uh, a youth leader, not the preacher for the week. He was a youth leader. And he stood up and he was yelling at us about not yelling. He, he was, he was talking very boldly about how we have to have our own copy of the Bible. And then he got on some tangent. I'm, I mean, I'm like 10, 11 years old. And I remember this vividly. He goes, I was praying for the Lord to give me tears. I wanted tears. I wanted to cry, but I had no tears. And I remember sitting there going, what is he talking about? He said, and then one day the Lord gave me tears. I was sitting out there and he took his Bible. And I remember he was like right in front of me. He took his Bible and he held it open like this. And I could see the pages were kind of wrinkly. And he was like, I was reading my Bible and it began to rain. And the rain from heaven fell on my Bible. And from that point on, it was like the Lord didn't give me tears from my eyes, but from heaven. And it made my pages wrinkled. And I was like, that's pretty good stuff. And so <laughs> I'm even kidding with you. Later that week, it started. <laughs> they're standing out there with our Bibles open, and we're like, right on my pages, Lord. And I honestly got to a point where I would, like, open my Bible up where it was <laughs> the rain pages for people to see, so it looked like I was crying on my Bible. Oh, my goodness. How hey. many did we miss the mark on so much stuff like that? What is that? You know what I mean? I, I just don't understand. I mean, if Jesus is the word, why do you want Jesus to get rained on? <laughs> I don't, preaching 
that was his point that he was driving in. We got to have tears and you know, our, our Bible needs to be tear stained. I guess it was, it's a tradition that I think he heard tear stained Bible, but he taught it to us. Like it was like something that we felt we, it was a mark that we had to meet to earn spirituality. If you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, looking back at the past of what we've done for 166, 167 episodes, we've talked about this a lot, but there's so many times in how we grew up that it just missed the mark. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And we've, we've said this before, JC, and I just want to say this at the beginning that uh, we even did a full episode on things that we appreciate about the IFB and everything wasn't bad. We don't want to paint with a broad brush, but, there were things that we experienced that we witnessed that they did miss the mark. And I want to talk about that because we're all three pastors now and we know our churches aren't perfect. And we know that, that if you're not careful, you can focus on the wrong thing and and you begin to drift. It's, it's a slow fade. We haven't had a, uh, we haven't had a, uh, casting crowns reference in a long time. Yeah, so it's, the voice of truth calls you out of that. Yes, it does. It calls you back to the, to the place where you can, uh, What'd you say, JC? Said I'm praising him during this storm. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk about some things that that were missing the mark growing up. And we even see these things in in churches now. And it's not only the IFB, but let's be honest. Most our, our experience, all of our experience as a kid was in the IFB. So uh let, let's talk about some of the things. Brian, you want to start us off? Yeah. How about um, so when I grew up, there was a big focus on numbers yeah. mm. to the point that it was widely known that pastors lied about numbers. Yeah. You know, it would, it was even a joke. I can remember people saying, well, that's evangelistically speaking. Yeah. Or guys would say, you know, man, our building Sunday was, was comfortably full. And my dad always said that meant everybody had enough room to lay down. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's funny, isn't it? <laughs> but there was exaggeration about numbers because there was such a focus on numbers. And I can remember this, guys, when when Hope Church Danville started really growing back in the days when we were still Blessed Hope Baptist Church, I would go to a jubilee or a camp meeting, and nobody would ask, you know, how many people have been saved, how many people have been baptized, how how, you know, what's where's your walk with Jesus at right now? Uh, no one would ask those kind of questions. It's always, how many are you running? And then I think we should have always made a distinction between how many, many we were running and how many we were actually catching. Yeah. Cause mm. I was running a lot, but I wasn't catching that many, uh, but there was always a focus on numbers. Did you guys ever experience that? Definitely. I think, I think what it shows a lot of times is the state of your heart. Like, what your real priority is because I mean, numbers show that things are happening, you know, they're, they're exciting. If you will, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at numbers and saying, Hey, you know, we're yeah. growing things here, healthy things grow. You know, I've heard guys say, well, there's a whole book in the Bible named numbers. Like, man, you know, but <laughs> as a student pastor for 20 years, when I would sit down with another youth pastor or run into somebody and the first question they ask is not, how are you doing? How's ministry? Are you growing? The first question a lot of people ask, and it really tells you a lot about the person. Is, so how many are you running over there? And I would always answer student ministry. How many am I running off? How many am I yeah. bringing in? Like, you know what I mean? What, what, what's the question, you know? Um, 
I think it really, I think it goes to the spirit of competition because deep within yes. us competing against the church across the street, you know, we're, we're competing. Well, man, we had 200. Oh, they had 205. I knew they were shrinking. You know what I mean? It's that spirit of competition. I think that, that makes us focus on numbers, if you will. Yeah. And, and numbers, uh, it has a way of permeating everything. I, I remember numbers being about, you know, attendance, high attendance. Also, how many people you shared the gospel with, which I'm thankful for every person that's in the building. They are a number. I'm, right. I'm thankful for that. And everyone is a soul and they matter. And yeah, healthy things grow. But I mean, when when pastors are are focusing on numbers to the extent where they're saying they're having you know, this many people attending and their building doesn't even fit that many, really. And uh, now now they can't really lie about that because they've got videos online and, unless they zoom way in. But then, you know, the the pastors that would say that, what'd you say, JC? They take the picture really close of like the first four rows so it looks super full. Yes, yes. They crop that, baby. Get exactly. it cropped in. Yeah, but then the the pastor that's saying how many they've had saved every every year. And, you know, they, they had 800, 900, a thousand saved that year and 120 baptized and yeah. four joined the church and one of them's still there. I mean, it gets crazy. And we all know because we sat in conferences, this is actually taught. You, you've got to mm -hmm. pump those numbers up. You, you've got to, you've got to make it look good. It's, it's all about appearance. Brett Martin has shared many stories about packing kids into his bus when he was a bus driver at FBC Hammond. Like he's like, you know, we, we would cram them in there because you had to have a full bus and a full bus showed spirituality. Well, I think, I think we need to dive into bus ministry, but just before we do, I've got two great stories. So um, I know a young man who lived in Longview, Texas, and just by saying that, I think we probably can assume where he attended. But they used to go out on visitation. And guys, he told me a story one day, and I laughed till I cried. It was somewhere between a story and a confession. But he said that they would have to go and, and witness to so many people, and they would have to keep up with the numbers. So he said they would drop the teenagers off. He said, you can't believe how many times we would take out the paper and like make up names because we didn't want to tell all those people. We wanted to go play basketball or do whatever. And then somebody would keep a watch out for when the bus was coming back around and they would act like they were visiting again. And he said, he said, sometimes they would like write names on the list. And then somebody would say, you can't use that name. You used that one last week. Mm. <laughs> so they were making up the same name twice. But then the other story was a guy who actually left Howells Anderson Bible college. He was there. He was all in. He was fully indoctrinated. And and he he had that broken in his life because it was one summer. It was during the heat of summer. And they were doing the baptism competition because, you know, pastor school was coming up and, and Jack Kyle's had to inflate his numbers so that everyone would be impressed. Um, you know, they couldn't they couldn't believe that he wasn't the Messiah. So they inflated those numbers by sending people out into the community, and it was baptizing people by all means necessary. And so what they would do is they would put a big tub of water in the back of a truck. They would get coolers full of freezy pops. They would pull up into low-income areas in the dead of summer 
and they would say, hey, you know, if you'll be baptized, you'll get a freezy pop and you'll get to get mm -hmm. in the cool water. And so they would lead these children in some kind of mass prayer. And the guy said he was actually participating in that. He was in the truck. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit just mm -hmm. absolutely poured real and raw conviction out on him. And he actually left the school that week. Yeah. So, uh, Brian, you talked about numbers. I've, I can't believe I'm about to tell you all this, but um, when I, and if anybody's listening from Tennessee Temple back in the day, I'm busted. But uh, back in the day, I think it was my sophomore year, we, uh, we used to have Salvation Tuesday or something. I don't know what it was. Salvation Sunday, that's what it was. And we would tie tracks to balloons, and we'd let the balloons go. And then the track and we put on there your name and the furthest track we would ask them to call. And so I took some tracks and when everybody let them off, I mailed them to my Nana in Horace, Illinois. And I said, will you please call and tell them that John Calvin Groves, you got a track in Horace, Illinois. <laughs> I want a $10 Baskin Robbins gift card. They called me up at Highland Park Baptist church, gave me the thing. <laughs> I just shared that. I, it was the funniest thing ever because it was that Sunday. Mm. The wind was blowing, and there's 400 of us out there. We let go of the balloons, and all of them got caught in the power lines. It almost blew a transformer, and I and I mailed it to Nana and had her uh, uh, confession time with JC. Hey, it, at least you were creative, JC. Yeah, and you can it. <laughs> and what's hilarious is that your Nana played along. She didn't know. I didn't tell her it was a competition. I just said, hey, when you get this in the mail, will you please call Highland Park and say, John Calvin Groves, I got the track. And so all the way up in Horace, Illinois. Oh, man. That's unbelievable. So basically, though, what they were promoting was littering and killing birds. Oh, there was so much trash everywhere. Guys, this has been an incredible conversation. And uh, I love when we just get around and just just start talking. I mean, that's that's what I love about the RFP is we we can just talk for hours on end about this stuff. Um, we're going to continue this conversation next week. Um, before we go, we want to remind you that we are going to Israel. There's a few spots left. Um, pastors, you can go to recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on the Israel tab and sign up. Go with us to Israel. That's, that trip is filling up, and uh, we are super excited about getting back to Israel. We've got a meetup coming up November 3rd and 4th in Asheville, North Carolina. We're going to do some singing, do some preaching, do some hanging out, some eating. It's going to be a great meetup. It's free, no registration. Just get to Asheville, North Carolina on uh, November 3rd and 4th and hang out with us. Also, make sure and go to the recoveringfundamentalist.org and sign up for the Behind the Mic it is. Uh, feature that we're offering now. It's only $10 a month. You get unedited, raw RFP recordings, um, all the humor, all the back and forth, the mistakes, and the behind-the-mic conversations that don't necessarily make it to the episodes. And here's the thing. For $10 a month, you can know that you are supporting some guys who are planting churches. They are on the front lines of the gospel. These guys believe what they're saying on this podcast. They're putting into action what they preach on this podcast, and you can support God's work and know all three of us a little bit better 
by seeing us behind the mic. Yeah. You can sign up today. Go to recoveringfundamentalist.org. And uh, that's where you can do everything that we've talked about on this episode today. Guys, this is a great conversation. Looking forward to continuing this on next week. Same. Y'all have a good week. Be sweet. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Thank you.